0: Hello! Welcome back to Down to the T. I I did not make an episode last week. I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Uh, I just kind of took care of myself last week and my family. Not to mention the week flew by incredibly fast. I feel like the week before kind of dragged on, but... Um, Last week definitely made up for that by just flying by. So uh, I took a a break last week, but we're back now. I'm super excited. So this week, I kind of want to just give you guys a rundown of what's going on, what's new with my life. And then I figured we would kind of dive into some of co-parenting. Uh, not regular co-parenting, co-parenting with a narcissist. And I will give you a disclaimer now. Everything that I discussed in my podcast um, is my point of view, my side of things. There's always another side, um, but this is my truth as I know it. Uh, and you guys are hearing my side. Just know that there always there's always another side. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind. Um, so jumping in. I am going back to school. I think I talked very briefly about that before. Uh and I will share with you guys. So I have spent years uh, all of my adulthood at this point and even, you know, my teenage years trying to figure out what I'm meant to do with my life. I've never been super drawn to Anything in particular? I really wasn't pushed much as a kid to do anything—no sports or anything like that. Um, so I just never really knew what my place was, and I kind of got to a point where I just accepted it. I was like, you know what? I'm not m- cut out for you know having a purpose career-wise. You know, I just am that kind of person that just kind of does things what makes them happy uh, throughout life and. You know, it's never, isn't really tied down to anything specific. Um, But it was frustrating because, you know, in this day and age, you have to have a job. You have to have income. You have to, you know, your your success is often based on what you choose to do career-wise. And I don't want to feed into the typical oh, you have to have a job and be there every single day and have perfect attendance to be, you know, valued. That's not it at all. I, you know, I've gotten caught up in that before and I just realized like, that's not, that's not okay. Like it's not normal. It's not healthy. Um, But yeah, I, I didn't ever know what that looked like for me. I felt like everybody else was kind of going for their dreams or just happy where they were at. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do or what i'm gonna like i don't know so i spent a long time um trying to find out what that looks like for me there's been a lot of things that have come up um specifically like you know being a therapist and helping out with people in need mentally um that's a big passion for me however as an empath as Self proclaimed empath, um, I would not be good at that uh, for personally. Like, I just feel like I would constantly be carrying other people's emotions with me. It would be hard, it, it is often hard for me to separate how I'm feeling from how other people are feeling. I end up, I tend to take on their emotions and make them my own, and not intentionally. I don't know that I'm doing it until after you know, I'm already like kind of spiraling within me, you know, trying to f- sort out other people's problems disguised as my own. Um, so without, at this point in my life, working on creating those healthy habits or healthy boundaries um, from other people's emotions and my own, it's just not a good fit. Not to mention, I, just school is not my jam. Like going to college is not my thing I I want it to be so bad but I'm definitely as ashamed of it as I am I'm definitely one of those people that are all in a thousand percent when I start things and then I, you know, it progresses on and then I just kind of slowly lose interest and I don't want to do that. I don't want to put myself and other people in that position where I'm giving my all and my resources and support into something that I don't end up following through with. So I have spent a long time trying to be diligent about what it is that I'm going to put my time and resources into. And when I was... Uh, I think it was, like, 19, I looked into a beauty school in my area, um, and it was awesome. Like, I was ready to do it. Unfortunately, I was not in a stable environment. I was um, breaking up with my boyfriend at the time, and we were getting back together, and then I was moving out, and we were fighting, and it was just not stable. Like, I couldn't have committed to school and been successful at it in the home environment that I was in. So I put it off uh, and then I just was raising Riley. Like I you know, was being a single mom, I, whenever you're just trying to make money to pay the bills and everything, you don't have time to put life on hold so you can go back to school. Uh, and then last year, I had looked into beauty school again. Uh, ultimately, I decided it just wasn't the right time for me. It was still something that I was very interested in, but uh, just not... The right move for me at that point. So I came back around again um, after I left my job uh, about a month ago, a little over a month ago. And like I had mentioned before, this is my time to figure out what it is I want to do. Take care of myself. And beauty school came back up again. So I had found this place um, close to my home, and I and I'm. I'm more interested in the aesthetic side of it. Um, so I went last week and toured the school and we went over the program. And guys, I am in love. I am so excited. Like this is this is what I'm supposed to do. And I think it's a perfect blend between, you know... I if I can't separate the emotions of other people by being a therapist or anything like that, I know that I want to be hands-on with self-care and teaching self-care and helping guide the self-care for others. Um, And I think this would be the perfect opportunity, you know, giving um, men and women an opportunity to set life aside for an hour, come hang out with me, and we're gonna take care of you. I'm gonna help you take care of yourself. Like that sounds like the dream to me. So <clears throat> I have an admissions interview next week and I am I'm so excited. They're next. Um, I went well, I went ahead and did my application and turned in all my stuff, so I'll wait to hear about that. Um, and if this is a go, I should be starting in January officially. I'm on a wait list for November, but, um, January would be my, my latest start date. So I'm super duper, duper excited. Like I have, and I've taken a lot of time to like think about what would this look like for my life? You know, what is, what do I want to do after school? What do I want to do long-term? What do I want to do short-term? Um, I do have some business ideas that I am not ready to share with you guys, but I hope to talk about it soon. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. I'm, I, I know I haven't been on here chatting with you guys super long, but I believe me when I say this is such a relief for me, you know, going for so long, not knowing what my purpose is, kind of just feeling like a failure. Um, honestly, not knowing what it is I'm supposed to be doing. This feels like such a, a uh, relief, and um, I I'm just excited. I'm I can't wait to get started and learn all the things, and yeah, I can't wait to see what comes of it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I kind of want to jump into my second part of this episode today, which would be co-parenting with a narcissist, and uh, again. You know, I'm gonna put this out there again. This is my truth. This is what I know to be true. There's another side of it. Please keep that in mind. Um also I'm gonna go ahead and put out a trigger warning. I will be talking a little bit about domestic violence. Um so keep that in mind. So co-parenting with a narcissist. And I'm gonna say co-parenting, but let me tell you, there's no co-anything in this relationship and this is with uh, my daughter's father so what we do is parallel parenting and so with co-parenting you guys make decisions together you communicate about what's best for the child um you guys have similar uh disciplinary actions that kind of stuff you guys are pretty much on the same page uh parallel parenting is the exact opposite so parenting parallel parenting would be um so dad has his own set of rules, his own way of doing things, and mom has her own set of rules, her own way of doing things, and they do not, they, they the communication is very, very minimal. <clears throat> so that's what um, my ex and I do, and it, it just, that's the only thing that's going to work for us, and I don't, I want to say ever, but I try to hold out some optimism Um, but yeah, this is, it's never been anything different. We cannot co-parent. There is no, and believe me when I say I've tried, I have tried my damn hardest to co-parent with that man. Um, it's just, you know, parallel parenting is what's best for us. Um, I would say there's more of a downside for the child for Riley, uh, where she does have two households that you know, are completely different. You know, her at her dad's house, she is allowed to um, act and say certain things that she's not allowed to do at my house. So it has been kind of a transition. And Connor and I have been very patient with her. She's, you know, we've acknowledged that it is difficult. She has expressed to us that it is difficult to go between houses and have two different, you know, set ways of doing things. And I I empathize with her a lot, I do. Um, so we've been very patient, you know, reiterating, just a gentle reminder, this is not how we act at our house. It's been okay. We're still working on it though. Um so my ex has never been one to shy away from being in control. And that's I ultimately that is the theme. Like control and power is always going to be the thing that that person that he he wants and I don't even think he knows he knows that he's doing these things so when I say that there's been um, a lot of things that have come up over the years let me go back so we split 50 50 so week on week off he's he has her for a week I have her for a week and we just switch off uh, So obviously things are not going to fit perfectly within our parenting plan. Things are, life is not, um, you know, things happen with school, with events, you know, he's got stuff come, going on in my time. I have stuff going on in his time. And so with any co-parenting situation, you should be able to communicate with that person and say, hey, could I have kiddo this day at this time for this reason? And I can trade you whatever that doesn't happen it often uh is hey last minute we've got something going on can I have Riley and I'm like okay sure you know hoping that I would get the same courtesy in return when something came up on my time and it often does there are there are times where I'm like hey can I have Riley during this time and surprise no the answer is no and, you know, I will talk about the event with Riley or whatever, and she wants to do it. And I want to make sure that she wants to be involved before I, you know, talk to her dad about her being involved. And then magically he gets to talk to her and she all of a sudden doesn't want to go, which I, you know, take from that what you will. I I can speculate all day. I don't know for sure what's going on, but it just kind of seems weird to me. Or it's just a flat out no. Sorry, we have something going on or all the time. And so I wasn't going to keep giving up my time but getting nothing in return. So I'm kind of following his following his lead. If he's saying, you know, no, she can't do this. She can't do that. I'm kind of like, okay, well, I need to protect my time um, and so follow the same boundaries. So it's funny whenever you you kind of give back a person what they've been giving and all of a sudden you're a fucking bitch (laughs) and and like it just you know I don't I don't know and you can't reason them with that person like you can't be like well you're doing this to me they're like okay well name a time and I'm like I'm not gonna play that game with you um but unfortunately it is again You've got the, par- the parallel parenting and the effects that ha- that has on the child. And then you have this situation where, no, it doesn't seem fair to her. It's not fair. Just keep in mind that I'm sharing with you these little bits and details. So if you've got opinions, I I understand. But just know that Riley's interest has always been my number one thing. Um, Until... Keeping Riley's interests in mind, number one, becomes an issue, and it's no longer about um, making Riley happy. It's more about what is going to keep Riley whole. Um, and this, as 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 Riley's mother, these are the things that I have decided, um, not lightly. I've taken a lot of time to think about them. These are what I think are best for her. Um, so keep that in mind when you're you're listening to me. Um, so yeah, setting boundaries like that is, is really has been hard on her. Like she doesn't understand why she can't do certain things or why things are the way that they are. And she's a kid. She shouldn't understand, but I don't want her to have to question that either. Like that's hard. Um, so there's no, there's no manual saying this is how you do it. This is, you know, you just, you just figure it out and you just hope that you're not fucking your kid up along the way. Um, So I spent, let's see, I met him, I met Riley's dad when I was 15 and I left him at 22. So we were together for seven years and that's a long time. You know, I was, when I first met him, I was a teenager trying to get out of a really chaotic situation and at home, like my home life was just, it was it was shit. And I was looking for a ticket out and Kevin was it. Like he was the guy that showed me new things in life. And, you know, he was older, he had a car and his parents didn't really give a shit about what he did. So we just had more freedom. And so he was my ticket out of my chaos. But what I didn't realize at 15, 16, 17 years old was I was leaving trauma for even more trauma. Trauma that would, uh, like, you know, in the beginning was trauma that my uh, mom had kind of created for me. I was kind of drug along her um, issues and, you know, th- those things, you know, as a kid, you just you're just kind of trailing behind your parents. And so when I got with Kevin, and then I got pregnant at 17, that was... I was now leaving my childhood trauma and starting tra- trauma of my own, unknowingly. Um, <clears throat> so it just... Like, like most abuse, it just gets progressively worse over time. And it was never a straight line, let me tell you. Like, you know, all the things that you hear about domestic violence, it is true. You never... It's not... straight linear line. Like you don't just you don't just, you know, get with that person, realize they're horrible, leave them, never to go back. You know, at being young and I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time with Riley, you don't you don't have anything. And my mom was, you know, leaving the area. She was moving up to Northern Missouri. And so I just didn't have a lot of support or resources to get, uh, start a life away from him. Uh, so it took a long time. It was a lot of back and forth. Um, fast forward, 22 years old. Uh, I f- left him and well, he left me. <laughs> and then, you know, it just, it, it, we never got back together. And that was, it, that situation was the best thing that ever happened. But you, you spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what, it, what is my life going to be like after this? You know, you want to leave this person because they're hurting you, right? And they're hurting your child um, in some cases. And you want it to stop. But what I didn't realize is that, like, you're not, you're safe when you leave. You're safer. Um, But it doesn't stop. It's still there. Especially when you have children. It's They're still doing whatever they can to control you and manipulate you. And now you're a child. And the hurtful things don't stop. The you know doing whatever they can to make you look bad to other people or to put you down or hold you back it doesn't stop but let me tell you in the same token you're still safe you're still any day away from that person is better any day away from that person with you know the the attempts to control or abuse or whatever is still a thousand times better than being still stuck in that situation with that person. They're in your home. They're, you know, in your space. They're taking away from your resources to be a whole person. At least, you know, whenever you're, you're out of that situation, you have more control. You are in control of the situation, not them. So I, I will tell you that that is the bright side. And it's not... It doesn't come easily, especially if you're new to a breakup, you're going through that. And there is such thing like whenever you leave some an an abusive relationship, it's not all relief. You feel sadness. You miss them as fucked up as it is like you still wish that they were the person that they should have been or the person that they were in their weakest moments, and you're seeing them outside of the mental health issues that they have. You're able to see them for the potential of the person that they could be. So you're not only grieving that loss, um, and you're scared and starting over, but you're also just trying to figure out, like, how do you survive? How And, you know, it, it feels like it just doesn't stop, but it does. It does stop it does get better. You do heal and it it gets easier. And my advice for that is just, you know, find support for, you know, your family, your friends, people in um, online groups, stuff like that. There's so many resources in the area that you may not even know of, like, you know, just talk to people, see what you can find out. Um, and then therapy, like that's, therapy is going to be big thing. You know, you're going to have a lot of work to do in figuring out who you are again and letting go of that trauma and working through the trauma, making sure that the effects that that trauma had on you are not effects that you will carry with you um, throughout your life. One of the biggest pieces of um, advice that I have and that I've learned personally is stop being the perfect victim for your abuser. Um, And that means, you know, when your abuser is contacting you and telling you all these horrible things about yourself and trying to get a rise out of you, they want a response. They want you to respond to them and be hurt and be sad about the things that they've said. That is how they get their control and their power. So what I mean by stop being the perfect victim is stop responding, don't, don't respond to what they have to say, don't acknowledge it, nothing, just pretend like they never said it. So one of the things though that I've have been struggling with um, is you know my ex have, being up from the outside looking in when it comes to Riley, you know, with soccer or school. Or anything like that. Her dad is a seemingly nice guy. You know, he shows up for soccer. He's there for school stuff. And he seems very loving towards his daughter. um, And stuff like that. And so (laughs) it's a super weird situation to be in from my point of view. And I kind of talked about this in therapy where you start gaslighting yourself. You're like, okay, so... Am I just overreacting? Like, he seems like a nice guy. Maybe he's better. Um, it, like, wh- why am I the only one that sees this? Maybe it's just me. And then, you know, you get to thinking about it and you're like, well, for one, there's no way that he could have changed. He's still saying these shitty things and he's still manipulating you and your child. He hasn't changed. He's just, he may be better at hiding it, um, but he hasn't changed. Uh, and... I can't say it for sure. I know that he loves Riley, um, but you know, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't really trust it. I think it's a front, um, often. But I, I'm glad that he shows up for her, for Riley as a nine year old girl. She is seeing her dad there and present and loving her, and that is that's great. I want that for her. I want her to have her, you know, her support system behind her. What that'll look like in the future, time will tell, you know, but I've, I've noticed as she's getting older, you know, she is talking more to me about certain things that happen at their home, um, how they act and how that makes her feel. And she's definitely questioning, questioning a lot about like, oh, that seems like kind of fucked up. Like what's happening? Like, I don't see mom doing that. So, you know, that's the biggest thing. And this, this has not been always my point of view. You know, I was like, I've lost my child. Like there's been a lot of times where I don't even recognize her. Sometimes she is not the child that I've raised. It doesn't, it's been really hard seeing her take on some of the mannerisms of um, her dad. And, stepmom and they just don't align with what I my vision of my child um so yeah it's it's there's been a lot of times where like I feel like I'm freaking losing her and you know times where she has pushed against me because she's being told certain things at her dad's house that you know make paint me in a bad light and I I don't feel a lot of the things that are talked about I don't feel like are healthy or necessary for a 9-year-old to understand. So I just do my best to do some damage control, but um I think she's finally getting to an age where she realizes you know some fucked up things within her life where she's questioning it. And you know, I had my support system had always been like, look, she's going to get to an age and she's going to figure out what's going on. And I was like, no, I just feel like that's never going to happen. You know, she, that's her dad. And he's always going to find a way to manipulate her in this situation. And I'm going to lose her. Um, But maybe, maybe I was wrong on that. You know, whenever you're, you're full emotion and not really able to see much reason, you're, you're thinking the worst. And as a mom, you, that's, it's hard. You know, you don't. You don't want to see your child hurt. You don't want to see them go down um, the wrong path of any sort. And but you you worry. You know there's uh, there was points where I was just like I she's gone. Like I just feel like I don't know how I'm ever gonna get her back. Um, but that does change. You know it. Life is not a straight line, and I do see her in moments where. I realize that she is still the same little girl that I have been raising all this time. Um, and I also know that there's a lot of work to be done. There is, you know, we're, we're going to be in this together and I know we're going to figure it out. Um, but it does get better. And we've, we've, I've talked a little bit about in therapy where my biggest thing when it comes to Riley and the grief that I have with the whole situation is losing the vision that I that I thought I had. Um the vision that I, I wanted for Riley and I. The relationship that I I had visioned for us and the person that I had envisioned her to be. Um so that has been a huge loss for me, you know, especially when I had her at such a young age, at 17, and she's been everything. You know, I left everything as a 17-year-old child to raise her and be her mother, and she's been my my priority ever since. So, yeah, it feels like a huge loss when I feel like that relationship between her and I um, has been severed a little bit. Um but I have faith that it'll be restored and that we whatever the outcome is will figure it out and I will always be here to support her and guide her as much as I can even when she doesn't want me to sometimes but I I'm hopeful so I hope that somebody out there is benefiting from this a little bit I often see you know, people who are leaving domestic violence situations, they often feel like I didn't even know that what I was going through was abuse um, or, you know, they think that they're the only ones that go through it and I'm telling you, you're not. And I don't know, I understand why people are scared to talk about it. I'm, I understand why people are scared to reach out and when it is safe to do so, I encourage you to reach out to other people but Always, always, always keep in your mind that you're not alone, that this is not a situation that you have to do by yourself. This is not um, something that is unique to you and I, not that your story is your journey or anything like that is discounted. I'm telling you, though, that there is help out there and there are people who have experienced this and can help you get help. Um, I know that there are way worse situations than what I've experienced in life. So I urge you to, um, be cautious about your exit plan and find your support and, um, do your research, you know, don't, don't make sporadic decisions, be safe, be smart about getting out. Um, so I hope that somebody takes something with them from this. Um, but overall, love to everybody. I know everyone has their struggles. Everyone's going through something. And just because it's not as bad as maybe what somebody else is going through does not mean that it's any any easier. Everyone is given what they are meant to have that is part of their path, that is their journey. You are experiencing this because you're supposed to, because you are are supposed to grow and learn from this. Um, it's still scary. It still hurts, but just know that you are. There is a purpose in the pain and the hurt, so push through. Find your tools. Meditate. Journal. Gratitude. Uh, all that stuff. So. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with me today. I will chat with you more next week. Love you. Bye.